Hello and welcome to the No Holes Bar Witchcraft podcast. Storm in the teacup. British saying, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it's strictly British, but yeah. I think it is. I'm sure it's a British. Well, it's a teacup for fuck's sake. I mean, come on, it's yeah. got to be a British thing, isn't it? Yeah. But let's face it, everything the Americans do everything that we do anyway, so you know. I'm sure they have a tea. What cup. does the saying mean, Chris? For those that may not have heard it before. Well, it normally means when something's been blown out of proportion. So where something is uh, over-dramatised, which could have been dealt with simply. So Right. I storm, know a lot of people that do teapot. that. Okay. I know a lot of people that do that. Well, I think we both do. So how are we going to relate this um, super cool saying to a magic? Where is the kind of link here? Because there's a magical podcast, so there must be a link. I mean, it didn't get number 153 in the podcast um, title archive for no reason. There must have been some sort of point way back when, a year ago, when we thought of the title, that there was a lesson to be learned. <laughs> I think I think the point I was trying to make was when, particularly when beginners start out, so they read all the books and then they assume that they need to do X, Y, and Z, and then they hit something like, you know, evocation or invocation, and they think it's this huge, huge thing, which it is in some ways, but do you know where, where they kind of over-egg over the pudding or over... Um, which I think is more of an American saying, but never mind. The uh, but when they go over the top or build something in huge. So what springs to mind at the moment is I've had a few people ask me about protection magic when they're just starting out. Um, which my response is normally, as long as you're having regular um, cleanses and grounding you shouldn't be needing to be really worrying about protection until you're starting to piss things off or mm. piss people off. Because obviously you having to walk around with a huge shield, because remember we talked about it, I think when we talked about, um, it was probably in Fausty to be fair, um, Fortress of Protection, I think that was one of the Fausty ones, wasn't it? Um, where we talked about how people go around building all these big suits of armor and you just or big fortresses and all you're actually doing is sending out a signal on the astral that you've got either something to hide something worth storming the castle for um or you're basically walking around with a target on your head going come on you clearly want to start some kind of fight and i think yeah. that kind of that kind of bit is what makes me think storming the teacup kind of like you know uh, when you first start out of thinking, I've got to have all these uh, protections and wards in place, um, you know, because they've watched probably too many Marvel episodes of like Doctor Strange or something, where he's constantly putting all these barriers up. Um, or well, they've like just when... read a Wicked book. Yeah. Cast your protection you... circle and then you evoke all of the quarters. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. something bad might happen when you're eating your cakes and ale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a good one. Let's talk. Let's go with that one. Casting magical circles. Where the actual process comes from, and why is it so darn complicated in all the books, Liam? Because the books are written by Wiccans and they want a formality, something to tie everything together. And they want a little bit of mystery because Gerald Gardner and Alex Sanders and all, and Cow often took things from ceremonial magic. Whether they understood them is another thing, mm. but often would take things and this very magical and mystical, isn't it? All of these ceremonies and special symbols and all that sort of thing and adding that into a religion or a witchcraft practice is uber super cool and of course 
when you come from the perspective like the Abrahamic people with a chip on their shoulder too, that everything's out to get you, and that you're, because this is something that the mundanes always say, um, dabbling in forces that humans ought not to be dabbling in. I was kind of yeah. like, no, this is literally your birthright. You should be dabbling in this. That's like saying, for what, never learn to walk. Don't learn to walk. Humans aren't yeah. supposed to walk. You Don't know, use those like, legs well, actually, I know some people can't walk, but that doesn't mean the rest of us can't give it a go, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, the whole protection thing is something that I find a waste of time teaching, right? Because I think the, the reason, no, the reason I find it a waste of time, right, is because you, protection is defense, right? And defense is something that you use to keep yourself safe. And you can only defend yourself as well as you can from, basically you need to be able to master certain skills, right? In order to defend yourself, right? And the problem is, is that you're not gonna learn magical, a lot of magical practice really from defense, from learning defense. So all of the great things about someone that's really great at psychic self-defense, magical defenses and all that sort of thing, are people that learn magic, learn the principles of magic, get experience in that, and then apply those principles to defense. Because the thing is, if you just start off learning defense, you're not gonna fucking know if you're any good at it, because you'll think, well, I'm not being attacked, so it must be working, until obviously yeah. the time when a wolf something comes along and blows the house yeah. down and then you're like oh fuck that must have been something powerful and it was just some sort of fucking what is it they always go on about um shadow person <laughs> yeah yeah no i must i must agree like i'm i'm that i avoid it and actually when people when people start to ask about it i normally mm. I, my first thing i normally say is well do you think i have massive wards around me um and you know huge fortresses and and they're kind of like well yeah you kind of you know when they throw that kind of super witch thing at you mm. uh, which is my my latest favorite thing to be thrown at me but you know from that point of view i'm like well no because for me i go down to the fact that castles were generally built as metaphoric fucking dick waving. Um, it's about, I have the money to expend on such an extravagance. Um, you know, stately homes. Or yeah. Huh? Like the old Black Castle we used to go to, the pub. Yeah. It's uh, a folly, right? Because all the Russians, they don't build castles to pull their secret shit. It's like inside a fucking hollow volcano or underneath a fucking massive yeah. snow mound or some shit like that. All the real secret stuff's like, nah, nah, we don't want to make a big deal of this. This is like yeah. silos underground type shit. Yeah, you don't advertise yeah. that you've got shit to hide. Like, you know, you you don't do that. Um, obviously, you know, we as super witches kind of try and have as low a profile as possible uh, in from an astral perspective because people remember what we do um, or have done and therefore come for us. Reputation, you mean? You know, exactly. Uh, reputation can be a bit of a bitch at the times. Um, mm. when so, Repu you your know. reputation will follow you around for multiple lifetimes. <laughs> um, yes, now, you've worked in a medical background, right? Explain to me, because this is my way of thinking, I want to see whether you agree with this as an okay. example. Obviously, antibiotics are quite good for a defensive perspective. So does that therefore mean that we should prescribe everyone and get everyone dosed up on antibiotics permanently all the time? Because they're so fucking good, clearly. No. Would that be a good idea? Because that's what I see when people talk about like building up all yeah. of these defenses. And to me, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. 
and yeah. it could potentially be harmful. Yeah, there we have. And that's what you're you're calling a, a <laughs> you're calling on antibiotic resistance. There, aren't you? That well, there's antibiotic of... resistance, but then there's also <laughs> the fact that you think, well, you know, if I prescribe antibiotics, it's because there's some kind of what do you prescribe antibiotics for, like viruses and shit. Well, you wouldn't give an antibiotic for a, a virus, but bacterial, bacterial infections. infections. Yeah. I always get bacterial infections and viruses confused. They're both alive. They all seem the same. I know they look different, but fuck it. I don't have a microscope. Bacteria, viruses, bacteria will go with. Um, <laughs> if that's an invading kind of force that you want to defend against and basically go to war with, you would probably go on that when there's a need to go on that not dose the, your fucking self up permanently yeah. you know and like with armor and stuff like that like you maybe you might wear a bulletproof vest underneath your shirt if you're yeah. a bodyguard right but you're not going to walk around in a suit of armor all day it's fucking heavy you don't yeah exactly you're you're not necessarily going to do that and it just makes it just doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Also, in order to get good at defense, you needed to be good at magic. And your defense is only going to be as strong as you are magically. So it kind of also doesn't make much sense from beginner's perspective. And then when you talk about defensive magic, to be honest, a lot of it will be problem solving to a certain extent. So when you do go about attracting attention, eventually things will attack you. Eventually things will, you know, you'll pick up yeah. parasites, all of this sort of thing. And at that point, you need to be able to diagnose and understand what the problem is and then defend or fix the situation. If you're going around basically like the parents that wrap their kids in, in, um, in cotton wool, and don't let them get exposed. They end up being like really sickly, weakly kids, don't they? And yeah. you need to apply that to magic, you know, because trying to protect yourself and putting protections in place, it as a beginner, it will protect you. It will protect you from the shadowy type people. It will pr protect you against basic parasitic things. It won't protect you about anything from anything big. But you getting exposed and get attacked by these minor spirits and that sort of thing and shit means that you start to get used to defending yourself against a weak attacker and against something simple. So that eventually you have experience, your immune system, from a certain extent, from your magical perspective, gets built up your experience level for dealing with bad shit that goes wrong and attacks you gets built up if you spend all of your time in a clean room you're not going to get that and the clean room as soon as there's a chink in it or as soon as someone comes along and smashes the glass of that clean room then you're fucked aren't you so i am not personally one which some people would pick us up for saying well why aren't you doing this you should start with defense and all that no 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 don't fucking start with defense start actually doing something first and then hopefully if you manage to actually make something happen it won't be too far along until something notices and comes and pays some interest and at that point you can deal with whether it's a friend or a foe but it's like, it, how do you test me, defense, Chris? Because if you test the defense, you're overpowered and you're like, yeah, that didn't work. Now I'm fucked. I'm dead. You know, testing defense is literally like, unless you get someone that's a friend to test your defense, is literally like you haven't, you've got a lot to lose if this doesn't go right. Whereas other, end, uh, other aspects of magic, you don't. If you're doing a basic money spell and it goes wrong, you didn't manifest the coins. You didn't manifest the money, right? Or granny died and you didn't mean to kill her off. Not that important, right? I know you might love granny, but it's still not that important. Compared to if you're like, yes, I think my defenses are really good. This circle is a strong one. I think I'm going to manifest some sort of powerful demon or something from some book that everyone goes on about being evil and see how it's, oh shit, I'm dying. Look what happened. You know, it's... Ugh. 
But no, storm in a key teacup, I think, is more, did you say, overdoing it? So is that overcompensating or producing too much it's energy? or Shouting about things that don't need to be said. Like, just to finish off what we were talking about there. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a case, I'm following your medical terminology that we're using there, is the idea of kind of, um, you know, your early warning system. You know, protection's not necessary. What needs to be there is your early warning system that tells you, um, you know, that something is uh, something wicked this way comes. Like, you mm. know, so for me, the time that people spend on defence and protection magic is where I would be spending that time on psychic awareness. Mm -hmm. Actually being aware of what's around you so that if the big bad did come by, you could then do some protection magic. Like, you know, so like that that to me is where that needs to be. But yeah, sorry, storming a teacup, very much about overpowering um, okay. something or over-exaggerating something. So, you know, protection magic, I think, is definitely a, a tick box for that when you're talking about um, how much people bash you with that you should have really good protection magic. Well, no, actually, you should only really have good protection magic if you're fucking with things that are way, way more powerful than you um, or are, you are uh, fucking with other people um, and your, your psychic awareness is not good enough for you to know if that's a safe mark. Because actually, if your psychic awareness is good enough, then you wouldn't need to have any psychic protection because you wouldn't be biting off more than you can chew with the wrong individual. So... You know, for me, psychic awareness comes first. That kind of effort should go into, you know, seeing, sensing, knowing what's going on. And the main reason for that is, you know, particularly with, I think, protection magic is a good example because, well, how do most people start with protection magic? You know, wafting sage sticks around and all that kind of stuff and forgetting what is actually more important, which is, you know, yes, that's only smudging your physical space. So unless you're having awareness of your astral space and the other energetic bodies that you have, then you're only protecting your physical space. That's not where you're most likely going to be attacked. So therefore, like I said, I think it, protection magic is a really good example, but also very storm in a teacup because it's something people kind of go around really excited about their wards and their and their magic circles and things like that um all really proud of themselves and you're kind of like okay but if do you know if there's an actual threat coming and like you say have you tested those how are they being tested for you to actually know that they even work it's all great that you've Magical got this great ritual that you do <laughs> like rarely rarely will you find a magical traditional system these days that actually stress tests back in the back in the day it used to happen you do not find it nowadays even amongst respected so say magical systems you still do not find initiates or the system itself being pressure tested and stress tested it just does not happen no, no definitely and that's and that's so, the thing and, and i think we've talked about this since we started i think it's in one of yeah. our very first things where we talked about um you know hex wars and um jobs where you've you more so than me have kind of been asked to test the fuck out of somebody's defense systems mm. um you know but anyway sorry other forms of storming a teacup okay the next one that kind of springs to mind for me is that, yeah, the overpowering of spells when someone first starts out. So rather than getting to know a set of ingredients that they could use, they want to have all of them and have used something from what I like to call something from every category. Mm. So, you know, and you kind of like, I need something to fix that box and that box mm. and that box. And like, all the boxes really I'm aware of. 
all the yeah, boxes all I've heard, I've heard about in books. I need something that will yeah. tick all of them because then it's bound to work. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, no, you just need something that you have a strong understanding of. Like, you know, if all you've got is a mint plant, fucking use a new, the mint plant grows well, use the fucking mint plant. Like, you mm. don't need to go and have fucking dragon's blood um, and uh, frankincense and spend your entire, you know, life savings on things that need to be travelled across the world. Um in order to go, you know, if all you've got are dandelions, get to fucking know the dandelions. Like, do you know? Well, I think he's worse than that, to be honest with you. Because looking at these forums and looking at the, the uh, Facebook groups with beginners and stuff like that, very often what you'll get is you'll get people saying, I need a really powerful smell, a smell, a really powerful spell for... Um, binding someone or from stopping my husband who's an alcoholic or from stopping a domestic violence or something like that i need really powerful spell for money because i'm in debt and it's like no what you need is you have a problem and you need it sorting and you think that manifesting six thousand pounds by the end of the month is somehow a big deal because to you that is a big deal you think that getting yourself out of a situation from being married to someone that beats you and your children and getting out of that situation is somehow a big deal. You know, all of these things people have in their minds that this is big magic, really powerful magic needs to do it on this, when actually it's not. It's just low-level mundane magic that your average witch should be able to fix quite easily with one ingredient. It's the fact that the untrained person has no idea. They think big problem equals big magic because they know nothing about it and the equivalent for me is i feel ill but it's not like flu i had flu last year and i felt shitty i feel really a lot worse than that so because i feel worse than that it must be a big deal so what i need is cancer is bad and you get chemotherapy for cancer so i need chemotherapy viruses are bad right so I need whatever you'd prescribe for a virus. Bacteria is bad. I need whatever you'd prescribe for, for bacteria. And I need all of this. And I need everything because something's bound to work. And if you think about it as that, it really does highlight how fucking stupid that is. Because you need the right... Broad spectrum antibiotics. ...to make the right outcome. And people will often think... I know if I shove all of these shapes through the circular hole, only the one that works is going to go through. But what they <laughs> fail to realise is that all of these other things are also having an effect, right? Because with yeah. the chemotherapy, that's going to not particularly help the situation, you know? And all of these things that interact with each other that you don't realise and don't understand the principles behind them, what they do... It's the idiot that thinks, yeah. that's a medicine, that's a medicine, that's a medicine. Medicine's good. Let's have all the medicine. That's basically yeah. how a child thinks. They go for so... the nuclear option, don't they? They go yeah. for the fact that actually, yeah. you know, I only need, you know, what's that? What movie is that from? You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Oh, the um, Italian job. Yeah. The Italian job. There you go. Um where you just literally, okay, so that's the job, you know, that's the issue. It is a, okay, well, actually, if you thought about this intellectually, rather than thinking about this as a mundane seeking magic, which I feel that that is the approach. The, that is the approach you know, for one of them. When I watch all of the TV shows, they put yeah. all this shit in a cauldron, uh, you know, or the, the sword in the stone or whatever it is that's got Merlin on. They they put all this shit in in the cauldron, um, because it needs it's a big thing, so it needs lots of things. And like, mm. no, it needs one good calculated response. You know, this needs a drone yeah. strike. This doesn't need a nuclear option where we blow the shit out of an entire country. This needs a, a surgical strike. Correct approach with the correct dosage is what's necessary. Not the, if you could, you used to watch Charmed, didn't you? Not the vanquishing Charmed approach. That's a higher level demon, so I need to bro a more powerful potion, which they never say what's in it. 
it's just got more rarer ingredients that they need to go to Chinatown for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's the approach that mundanes think, but then that's what they would because that's what they see on television and stuff. But when beginner magical practitioners, they also will take the same approach. I need more and more and more energy in this. More energy equals good, as opposed to correct energy equals correct outcome. But, Chris, this is what the, those people will be saying. They'll be saying, but Liam and Chris, I don't understand how you tell. I don't understand how you know. Yeah. How do you know which energy? And how do you know the dosage of that energy? How do you know what type of energy to use for what situation? And how do you know what amount to use? And how can you tell it's even there? Well, obviously, for one, Chris said, don't start Two with things. defense, start with actually seeing, and then yeah. you start getting able to sense and see energy. Yeah. That's one approach, but that's the first little bit. There's more steps yeah. after The second that. part is fucking practice. You know, you hit things that don't matter to you first. Like mm. every mentoring show, you know, setup we ever do with any student um, that's inexperienced, we go what what are some small projects that don't matter if they don't don't happen because mm. that's where you need to start it's why that that orange ball thing is so fucking popular like is because nobody needs the orange ball you're not going to lose a limb or you know lose a husband because you didn't get the orange ball the second you start well, to give I a shit now. <laughs> if you try don't you start know, to give a shit so, no, you know what I'm saying. So don't contradict. The, it okay. is a case of going, it is a case of going, try these magics on things that don't necessarily matter to a certain extent. The thing is, when someone really needs something to happen, that becomes the focus, which normally gets in the way of, you know, to use the triangle again, uh, and to call it something with, you know, the ins the uh, intention or the journey, um, you know, that route often gets blocked by the fact that somebody is so desperate for it that shit starts to go wrong because they've they want it too desperately. It becomes life or death, and therefore they either overpower the spell and therefore it blows up in their face, or they pull it in a forced direction instead of allowing that kind of wriggle room for, you know, that kind of sweet spot for, for magical practice, where it allows it to take that route that it naturally should take. The most energetically, um, what's the word that we normally use? Uh, economical. Economical, that's it. Uh, economical route, which, you know, means that you get what you need when you need it, uh, rather than right now, but it's cost you a leg, um, mm. which is where some people will <laughs> put all their money, um, all like their eggs in that basket. Yeah. Because there's some prostitutes which would say, I only do this and I charge X amount for that. But there are other scummy prostitutes that would say, how much money you got, I'll tell you what I'll do for that. Oh, you've only got 20 quid? That's two minute blowjob, you know, <laughs> from a lady boy or something like that in Thailand. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know what the going rate is for prostitutes. But there are some spells that work like that and some sorts of magic that don't. Some sorts of magic, which, which does confuse people, because some sorts of magic will be whatever level of energy you raise is like the prostitute that says, well, the more money, the better time, the more specific, yeah. but you'll get something, even if it's just a penny, right? Because Tequili will do something for just a penny. It might not be a lot, not as much as 25 quid, but you'll do something. Whereas other sorts of magic is the case of you need a minimum barrier of entry. You need a minimum amount of yeah. power, that sort of thing, in order to have any effect whatsoever. And this is, a lot of this gets factored into how spells manifest and how spells go wrong you know, or if they do go wrong and things like that. And it is that kind of economics with basic spellcasting and basic low-level magic, money magic, that sort of thing, of what's the easiest shift? Because it's shifting at that point. Is things, you're not talking about 
reprogramming the laws of physics. You're not talking about big level magic, which requires a minimum barrier of energy to the order to get that. And it's normally quite high. What you're talking about is I've got this amount. How much can I shift it? Okay. I've done a something naughty. I'm on a drugs charge in the United States. Yeah. What level lawyer can I afford? Well, I can only afford the one that gets me off, but with a record. I can't afford the one that gets me off scot-free. Apparently, that's how the legal system works in America, based on the clients that I've had that live in the United States. It's very, very fascinating, their legal system. I think it's based on what people can afford, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's all very strange. But there we go. We're out of time for the regular edition of the podcast. So obviously we will go into the Patreon, talk things in a little bit, maybe a little bit more detail. Now, obviously you've talked about um, protection magic and stuff like that and the psychology of expecting bad things to happen. Um, so, you know, some people are, they, some people are scaredy cats. Some people have have uh, baggage and have good reason to be worried about things because of negative things happening before. Some people are just delusional, right? Annie Beryl, she's bought a rape alarm. I told her that's wishful thinking, but she's still <laughs> got one anyway. You know, <laughs> she's denying it. It's probably not going to happen. Um, doesn't mean that there aren't other uses for it. I mean, when she falls over in the middle of M&S in Marks and Spencer's and that, it, it can help. She does say it off every now and then. I think there's attention seeking, um, but there we go, you know. But anyway, where am I going with this? Yeah, basically some know. people, you know, it is the psychology of the person, right? Because yeah. this is something that you hear all the time. You hear, oh, I understand, right? I understand that I need to be careful with my money magic because I don't want a, a relative to die and leave me that money. I want a money, I want money from a specific thing, right? What I don't hear, what I don't care is that orange ball. I'm a little bit worried about doing that spell because if I do that spell, I'm worried that I'm going to develop testicular cancer. I have to get a ball lopped off and get an orange prosthetic Banksy ball testicle infitted, and that be the result of my spell. Yeah, you know, because you don't hear examples like that going wrong. And the reason for that is because it's fucking easy to get an orange ball. If you were to try and do a spell for a generic orange ball and then a, a, a spell to make what you, you know, that thing you're worried about happening, prosthetic testicle, it would take a hell of a lot more energy for the prosthetic testicle. So it's not going to fucking happen by accident. Yeah. You're more than likely going to get an orange ball. In fact, you're more than likely going to probably go traveling in your car, have an orange golf ball smash through the windshield uh, or windscreen yeah. and smack you right between the eyes. That's probably more likely going to happen with that. But people don't worry about that sort of spell, no. right? But people do with things. And I think sometimes it's that ethics, morality, kind of what they view as a big thing. Because like we kind of alluded to with people that say, oh, this is super big level stuff. I need lots of energy for this. It's like, oh, is your calibration right there? Do you actually need as much energy as you think? Yeah. Or are you just worried? Is this just hitting a nerve here? Funnily enough, you saying that I was, while you were talking about that, I was thinking about rule of three and oh, how right why this makes so much sense from the kind of mundane seeking magic point of view early starters is they have this expectation that if i take this there must be a consequence for having like buying something like right versus yeah. buying it from bright house you mean that obviously you have to pay three times the amount <laughs> yeah okay so i i, I can't i can kind of see where they kind of get that about is that's too big a magic therefore it must take more power whereas you and i both know <laughs> with anything getting anything in life is how smart you can be about it there is always a great a better way to do something mm. you just need to actually have considered your real options and how to make that happen and and you know magic is 
primarily about forcing change. Um, I think it's primarily why I have such an issue with things like love magic and all that kind of bullshit that goes on in the uh, blogosphere and the social media about this, you know, love, love, love magic is is rape and all that kind of thing uh, yeah. that goes about because they look at things in a this belongs to somebody else and therefore mm. I'm taking it. So, you know, that some somebody wants that money or somebody wants that new house that I'm taking it from someone else. Um, and then it doesn't belong to me. What they don't think about is none of this belongs to anybody. Um, you're just actually going for it before somebody else is or in a better way of gaining it, which I know is a massive hypocritical thing for me to say because you know how much of a problem I have with money magic. Um, but that's because last time I was here, money was Wait, a real thing. <laughs> what? The, the money magic thing, why is it that isn't... Because it's not an area of magic that you like doing and you stay away from it. But why is that? What is that? Because it's a psychological thing. I think it's down to the fact that I still remember money being actually someone's possession. Like, you know, right. nowadays it's all digital. But when yeah. I was here last, you know, if you had gold, you it's had the gold. Currency, like it physically was there. Whereas the now currency is what you struggle currency's with. Currency is made up now, yeah, uh, and therefore I should have no no qualms about it at all. But you know, in order to take someone else's money, last time I was here, I would have had to go and rob somebody's castle and take their physical gems and jewels and, mm. and gold. Whereas nowadays, you just move a few digits around, and suddenly you you have money. Like, a lot of this kind of a little bit more like glamour magic with yeah. that because it's something that doesn't exist but everyone thinks it exists exactly so, actually, yeah i can't get my head around that because that's not how it was when i was here last mm. so so i struggle with it basic spell casting Right. From the mundane's perspective, if, if spell casting is a game and magic's a game or this type of magic's a game, I think mundane's very often would see spell casting as poker, Texas Hold'em. You have to understand the rules and you have to be a little bit lucky, but also you need to be a manipulative sly prick and beat everyone else so that you're the one that walks away on top. Right. And then what they'll do is they'll say, oh, well, the person that counts the cards and cheats, that's a black magician. That's someone that they're they're playing the game, but they're being a little bit naughty about it. Realistically, that isn't really how basic spellcasting works. Basic spellcasting works less like card games and gambling. It works more like fucking marble run. Right. You're watching the marbles go and you can see before the marble goes down the marble one where it will end up. But before, this is very important now, this is where they get wrong because they do their, their little candle readings and divination after the spell, after the marble's already gone down the fucking That's marble run, they do it after to find out where it's going to go, which don't make no fucking sense, right? What you need to do is you need to think the marble run. This is where it's currently going to go. What I need to do to get it to go to the place I want or make happen what I want to happen is disconnect this little bit of the marble run, this little bridge bit, and connect it to that bit over there. And then I can yeah. see it's going to go that way. And then I let the marble go. And they don't understand that, that principle. But it is literally a system of... that. When you understand that, you get the, the ability to be able to fully understand this concept of econom economics and how easy it is things to manifest. If you've only got to hold a little flap on the marble run to stop the marble from going down one specific direction so that it goes down the, the other direction, that is a very easy magic to do. If I need to pick up three or four different connectors or bridges or little runs or whatever and reconnect them and reconfigure them that takes more energy but it's your experience of being able to see that that machine that is the marble run 
and then be able to understand what it takes energy-wise to reconfigure it and reshape yeah. it. And that comes with experience, realistically. Yeah. And for me, it's it's when you get like one of those dodgy plumbers, you see, who, who fits one of the pipes going the wrong direction and suddenly you've got to force water uphill, even though it's not right. going to naturally go that way. And I feel like those parts are when you already can see the momentum and you're spending that time going, does it have enough momentum to actually get uphill before that comes down again? Or is the whole magical process all on the downrun? If it's all on the downrun, then it's easy as fuck. But, you know, if you get if you get one of these these marble tracks, they're like, ah, if I change that bit there, it's suddenly going to have to go uphill. Mm. It was already going downhill. How do I get it to redirect and go that way? And I think that's I think that is why people struggle mm. because they don't think of things like that. They see it as all everything's already preset. There's nothing I've got. If I want to change anything in the settings, I need big power. So the the other thing I really want to hit in this because I feel like you know storming a teacup is really approaching better ways of approaching beginners practice the other one when it comes to overpowering spells mm. is deity work petition based oh, well, spells deity work is like having three kids that are all playing with the marble run and they all want the marble to go in different directions you need to be able to overpower or outsmart all three kids or get them all on your side. Or you need to, if you can't get the marble run to work yourself, you've got a petition mummy and daddy. Say mummy and daddy, mummy and daddy, keep moaning and moaning, moaning, basically, is generally what children do, isn't it? Keep moaning and moaning and moaning, saying, please, Akate, do this. Please, Akate, do that. Please, Akate, please, 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 please do this for me because I don't know how the marble run works and I can't undo it. You know, yeah. it is basically that's your petition work, unless that's well, what can get stuff done. Well, what irritates me is I don't understand how this happens. So I don't understand how someone that feels a deity requires that level of reverence and worship that they're fucking interested in the petty shit like you know, dog shit in the car park. Like, if you, you know, where <laughs> I park my car, like, why is Hecate going to give a shit about that? Um, You know, I understand trying to, you know, getting in a contractor in order to do the big stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Where you need a specialist to fix mm. something. Like, you know, I, I, I think I could probably, at a push, figure out how to lay a car park or do some block paving. But I'm not going to try and build a 30-story building on my own. Like, do you know, like, for me, it's, it's a case of I know my limits. And I, I intellectually, I think, no, I, I, I'd have to get a professional in to build me that 30-story that building. Like, a lot of that will start with economics, though, as well. Because yeah. even if you can do that, that carport or that nice blocked paving... For your driveway even if you feel that you could do it is it easier to just pay someone to do it that's going to do it quicker yeah i guess so. if it's a cheap enough price or if it's a job that you don't think you're going to like because it's a little different like diyers and that you'll see some of them really enjoy it some of them do it because they, they're cheapskates and they can't afford or they can't afford stuff when it gets damaged or whatever so they have to do it themselves you know it is is it's very different you know because i just I just find, I just find, well, okay, why are you asking? It's the really small stuff that irritates me, I think, um, more than anything, is when they kind of, oh, well, I'm going to make that pact with that person and that demon's going to do it for me. And then, or I'm, or I'm going to go and speak to Hakata in order to do that. And what baffles me even more is when they've been worshipping someone for, for 12 months or whatever, mm. or 10 years. And they never get anything out of the bargain. That also completely confuses me. 
So you've got those that completely overpower the spell, and you've got those that don't use the credit they've already accrued. And those two things, neither of them make any sense to me. So please explain them to me, Liam. I think it's... I don't think you can just blame the Abrahamic religions, but it does illustrate a point that is God's important. God knows everything. God wants a relationship with you. You're very important because you are in the image of God and all the angels, although they're powerful, they're not as important as you because you're my favorites, yeah. right? So is there a case of you're weak and you can't do anything, but don't worry, Big Daddy is on your side, but only if Big Daddy wants you to get the things you want. So it is a, literally a case of, I need to ask, but it is asking someone that already knows whether they're going to give me that thing or not. So it is literally, it's, it's you humbling yourself and being a, what is it they call them? Um, like some of these kind of trophy, trophy boys and trophy girls, trophy wives and trophy husbands and stuff like that, where you've got someone that's basically, they just go to the spa all day and ask for handouts. You know, it's someone that they're not really in control of their life but they've got it fairly cushy if they please Big Daddy. Okay. Like a prison bitch it's... as well, Big Bubba's bitch. You get protection, okay. you get a nice easy life if you do what you're told and if you humble okay. yourself and be Big Bubba's bitch. I see it like that. That's why I don't like religion because too much of it is about worship of the deity and not seeing the deity as a great teacher or colleague which is normally how most witches, magical practitioners, that way inclined would work. It's about, I want to do this for myself. I want you to mentor me and help me. Help me help myself. Not, oh, you're so great and powerful. Do it for me, please. Look, I've got some cheap incense from Rajanis and a steak. And the book says you'll do it if, it, if, if you know, if I give you that. It's, it's, it's about not understanding how the system works and being a pansy. I think. <laughs> right. I'm going to go this segue because I feel I need to. It's probably not appropriate. But I'm going to do it anyway. That or the offerings, those are the bits that also confuse me. So said demon has no use for the stake. It's not a sacrifice because you bought it from Tesco. So I don't quite get where they their la where their understanding of that exchange is so like oh they like the smell of this well no that's going to be down to there is a, a a hierarchy of goods in a particular period in time these ones are harder to get hold of than those ones so mm. you know i've got to use the frankincense because I've got to go find some merchant in the desert in order to actually get some. Um, or, you know, I need to have given this amount of gold because I need to be rich enough in order to justify being able to pay for that transaction. Like, I don't quite get how these, <laughs> these uh, grimoires translate to the modern folk going, oh, well, it likes this particular scent. Like because in most in most instances these aren't invocations or evocations, so you're not preparing the space. You're you're making a petition. It's payment. So, so a burnt that, offering would be seen as a payment I mean? by a mundane. Yeah. You're like, it's gonna. It works. It's gonna be entirely based on the person doing the ritual and their understanding. And it may be the correct understanding or it may be an incorrect understanding. More than likely it's gonna be an incorrect understanding because the understanding, if they're a copy and paste practitioner, it will be the book says I need to do this because that energy or that spirit or whatever requires payment and it can only accept this. 
So it must be that because the book said it. Assuming that we're ignoring it because we're told, right? Then it is going to be based on what they think that thing does. So that offering does. So you'll see a lot of people that all think, well, all that the spirit requires is a sacrifice. And all the spirit requires is that the sacrifice is that I'm going out, I'm showing that I'm going out, out of my way. So it's kind of the equivalent of, I'll take pity on you because I see that you're really, really mean. It. You really want that. You really need that. You're really proving to me that you're in need of it. Um, as opposed to kind of just the literal where some people would say, oh, well, they require energy so they can transmute the energy of that steak or of that candle to energize the working. Um, so, again, it's going to be the, how the person views that. And most of the time with practitioners that are based on copy and paste or they're based on I just want to get the fucking thing to work, they don't really care, nor are they, nor do they have the critical thinking or are willing to experiment to understand what part that played. And that's a big difference in ceremonial magic because with the ceremonial magicians that copy and paste the books, they want a ritual that works. When you get further down with the ceremonial magicians and the types of magical practitioners, a bit like the archivist, is a bit more like, well, that worked. How did that work? And what part did each of these, you know, these different component parts, what role did they play in it? What did they do? What was their job? Are they even necessary? Yeah. You know, can you, you remove the tonsils? It. Are they important? You know, let's fucking find out in a controlled way type thing you know a lot of it will be like that and the secret for offerings and sacrifices and that sort of thing people just steal the concept as opposed to work it out logically for experimentation they look at a book and they say oh well the ancients they believed this in this book it says this but they don't know it it's just copy and pasted borrowed you know, theory, so they don't understand it. Um, and as you know, things like that can be played upon. I mean, look at us in our more traditional styles of working. It is a, they're trying to convince us to do a job for them, if it's a mundane. And we think about, or am I going to do this job? So sometimes it might be, yeah, fuck it, I'll just do that. You know, it'll be fun. I'll do it. And I like you. That's fine. Other times it will be like, well, you know, if you really prove to me some way that this is so important, then I'll do it for you. And they might make a sacrifice. They might really show that this is super important to them by sacrificing something. And at the same time, they might also be helping me. They might say, OK, you know, you want some money? I'll pay you to do this. You know, and you get that a lot with Pat and things like that it's a case of well this spirit can do this easily but there's some things that you can do being on the physical plane that would help this spirit so you can trade and all of that gets lumbered into there's one reason for an offering or a sacrifice and they don't realize that actually there can be different reasons for it and it will depend on the transaction the spirit and the, the magic that's involved you know subject in itself really didn't we do yeah, that on just, the chicken one i think I, we, I think we started to that. touch it on the chicken one the mm. um where we were talking about you know actual sacrifice and what that word actually means yeah um i suppose for me i, I suppose i struggle with it because i rarely give any kind of offering even if i was trading um mm. because normally it's um trading of services so it would have been kind of Faustian deal. Um, mm -hmm. I, you owe me a favour kind of situation rather than necessarily a, you know, set of terms when it starts. Mm. But I, I suppose that's, you know, personal practice and where you're at. But it just, you know, I just find it baffling. Particularly, again, it's, you know, it's that kind of storm in a teacup I felt was still, it was still appropriate in the kind of why go to this extent for something that's probably not worth 
that job or you know creating it's, it's, this it's entire alter understanding of the mechanisms and the energy it takes to do something for 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 a little cell like which mm. could have been you know burnt and cast into the wind would probably be enough to to make that offering um to them and they build these entire elaborate altar spaces and you can't only need an altar space if you need a permanent relationship um or you wanting to manifest them here so you know you're trying to create a sacred space for them to make transition uh into that space so i, I just i don't know there are bits about it that baffle me sometimes um where just the basics are, are, are kind of so easily missed and again you might be right it may be just a, a post-abrahamic thing where we're just mm. used to a certain sense of pomp and circumstance um you know particularly well it's a case of being unworthy British, isn't it but... that's really with the abrahamic it's about i am unworthy you know, I I I am a slave essentially, and I am here to serve you, to glorify God. I am here to serve God. I'm here to do to be God's bitch. With others, with more some of the ancient, particularly tribal cultures, is bribery a lot of the time, isn't it? It's oh, please don't do this, and I'll give you that if you don't do it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the over-egging and the energy and things like that, you can liken it very simply to strength. How often do you go into the bathroom and think, how much strength do I need to, to pick that toothbrush up? How often do you go to the supermarket and say, I've only ever picked up Heinz baked beans before. This is an own brand. Do Am I, am I going to literally be able to pick up the same? can? you know and is it literally a case yeah. of it's it's to a certain extent muscle memory so with it, in terms of spell casting it's similar kind of thing you get used to energy raising certain types of energy understanding the power of certain types of energy over experience but then at the same time it's based on logic and it's a case of okay if i am going to pick this thing up that i think is really heavy i don't know it for a fact but i'm going to treat it in a safe manner if i pick up a brick i know how much bricks normally weigh but a breeze block i think because it's bigger is heavier but not necessarily because it's breeze block in their light you know so i might be mistaken i might over egg that because i think well bigger i've done this before and this seems bigger but yeah. not necessarily but at the same time you could think I'm going to pick up um, a piece of aluminium and then I'm going to pick up this other thing that's made of lead and the lead, oh, it's the same size. It looks similar, still metal, but this is way fucking heavier, you know? Um, and it is, to a certain extent, logic and experience that does it. And the more used to it, you can apply scales to. So people that go and do resistance training in a gym, they will understand weight because they're used to make weights and measures and seeing that you know when it comes to witchcraft magic and spell casting they do so many different spells and they do so many different types of the same spell obviously for same methodology but different outcomes you know oh i want these two people to be bound away from each other oh it doesn't take too much energy in order to bind these two people that don't really like each other or know each other all that well to bind them away. But two people that are in a marriage with a child, it takes a lot more energy to do that, funnily enough. I wonder why that is. But then understanding and being able to apply a scale to that is more difficult. Um, we're pretty much almost out of time. So is there anything else you think we really need to include? Um, I think just laying it home one more time, which is, you know, there were two in the entire of this podcast. Every time we've talked about it, 
we've gone back to those two things. Like, if you can build your psychic awareness of actually knowing what something weighs or what something looks like that isn't in a physical physical plane. Mm. Um, But also, nothing beats experience. Mm. So just keep going at it, like, and try not to practice things on stuff that really matters. Um, But yeah. So there we go. That's another edition of the No Horse Bar Witchcraft podcast. I hope it was a good one. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, we'll be back next week for more uh, magical chats. So goodbye, everyone. Ta-ta.